Ladies and gentlemen, good evening and welcome to the Seifer Scoop podcast. I'm your host, Blaze Seifer. Today we welcome Elizabeth Peebles to the podcast, a midfielder for the Middlebury women's soccer team, a four-time state champion, a two-year high school captain, and a first-team all-New Jersey North selection. The Allendale native boasts a remarkable history in soccer, and her career is not close to finished. Now, hear the scoop from Elizabeth as she talks about her illustrious high school career, how she got recruited to Middlebury women's soccer, and her opinion on the most important facet of the beautiful game. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening and welcome to the Seifer Scoop podcast. I'm your host, Blaze Seifer, and today we are joined by fellow Middlebury sophomore Elizabeth Peebles, casually known as Peebs. A midfielder for the women's soccer team at mid, Peebs is a crazy talented soccer player and an awesome person. We're lucky to have her on the podcast today. It's been a long time coming, I must admit. So Peebs, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, Blaze. Well, it's my pleasure. As I said, it's, it's been a long time coming for sure. And, and when I started this podcast, you were one of the first names that came to mind. Um, just to reiterate, the Seifer Scoop podcast is all about uncovering the unique athletic journey of collegiate athletes, learning about all that hard work that goes into the making of a collegiate athlete, whether you are an aspiring collegiate athlete, an interested parent, or just a teenager just wanting to listen to a, a podcast. Um, we're here for you today. Blaze Seifer, your host, and Elizabeth Peebles, your guest. Peebles, let's start off here. What have you been up to during quarantine? Um, quarantine's been a pretty relaxing time. I'm here in Allendale, New Jersey, and I've been to the beach a bit. I've been relaxing. I coached at a soccer camp. That was my most fun soccer action. And then I'm doing some little volunteer work. That's about it. It's been pretty relaxing. Well, I don't want to skip too forward here because I do want to kind of talk, um, unfortunately, about your injury at some point. Mm. But I know you, you're kind of getting back into things. So how, how much have you been playing? Are you, are you on any restriction? Or are you finally back to normal after your injury or freshman year at Middlebury? Yeah, so I got surgery on my knee in February, really early February. And it was pretty simple. Um, I was biking within a week, which was awesome. So I was able to be active, not on crutches, really. And I slowly worked my way back into soccer. But unfortunately, right when I could have joined uh, the spring season of pra- captain's practices, I was sent home <laughs> along with Blaze because of <laughs> coronavirus. And I haven't really had an opportunity to play in games because just the limited resources. New Jersey was a pretty high state in cases, so we were – Um, shut down a lot but I've been going to the field I have no restrictions anymore which is awesome but in the beginning of quarantine I was definitely like easing my way back into jogging doing some running jogging walking like series and now I've been running a lot doing sprints doing uh, full power kicks on the ball and I'm painless which is awesome I haven't been this way in a very long time that is awesome. I'm glad to hear that. So I'm going to ask, like, during the summer when you've been doing training, um, have you been following any sort of plan, whether that's something that the Middlebury head coach gave you or some, some place you go to to train? Like, are you following any plan or are you kind of just doing stuff that you think of? Initially, um, right when I left Vermont, I was following a running program that my physical therapist in New Jersey gave me. 
and doing very limited soccer work, whether it's like a couple passes, but that's about it. And then slowly, as I worked out of that training program, I was able to join my team and we did a lot of Zoom workouts that actually just stopped this week, but we had been doing four Zoom lifts a week. So it was really cool to see my friends in Seattle and Massachusetts and New Hampshire all over just kind of connect for an hour to an hour and a half. And once a week, our strength coach from school would lead it. So it was nice to have like a formal one too, along with casual ones. And our coach actually gives us a packet. So it gives you like ball work and running things. And then on the off days, we have an app that gives us our lifts and you kind of have to be creative because a lot of people are stuck home or were like gyms are kind of opening now a bit. And so some people are using laundry detergent <laughs> for some goblet <laughs> squats or some gallons of water. You got to, you got to do what you got to do yeah. <laughs> nowadays. But um, it's definitely been fun. And I've been reconnecting with some people that I've been playing with since I was in first grade that actually blaze has met one of them. She came to visit and we were at the turf today, just kicking around. The turf is finally open. We don't have to hop a fence anymore. <laughs> and uh, doing some runs. It's been fun to see some old players I'm so used to playing with. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, on these Zoom workouts, is it like weird, uh, like watching all these people do workouts, like just kind of on your computer? Like, are, are some people like, I mean, if they don't want to do like a rep or something, are you guys like calling each other out? Or like, how is how is the energy on the <laughs> Zoom workout? It was definitely very weird at first. Um, we actually very early on into these Zoom workouts, we had a a fitness test on zoom actually really? yeah and i it was crazy to think that happened but we have spring fitness but this year we weren't there for it so instead we did just a team-led workout obviously we weren't like putting our computer down at the line <laughs> and running sprints but it was like every class was like a hype up team for each set so it was like kind of a hit workout and it wasn't really like you have to get 25 push-ups and 50 crunches and what it was um it was fun just to hear everyone's voices and it's definitely weird to see everyone's, but now I feel like I know what um, my teammates basement looks like, <laughs> their porch. It's funny. I, I never thought that would be that way, yeah, but I kind of so, adapted to the, to the unusual <laughs> zoom workouts. Yeah. So you kind of just mentioned how you get to kind of know. Um, I mean, it, I mean, I guess it does help with bonding a little bit, like to stay in touch with your teammates. I wanted to briefly touch before kind of, we get into the heart of this episode um, for, for perspective, like Middlebury women's soccer players and, and for girls who are going to be first years, I know you've done some work like on zoom kind of helping like recruits. And like I said, kids who have committed, talk to me a little bit about that. Has it, have you had a lot of responsibility on that front? How have like the recruits, um, kind of dealt with the, this whole conversation on zoom now? Is it weird? Mm -hmm. Kind of what's that like? Yeah. So I've talked to a couple recruits since coming home, um, and it's kind of like whoever gets paired up, I'm majoring in science. So I get a lot of the science majors that are interested or I get a lot of New Jersey people just because it's like a simple connection that that kind of forms, helps the awkward connection of an yeah, online yeah. talk. Um, and one girl I actually had trained with a little, two girls actually. So really? it was, I had seen them in person before, so it was a little easier, but a lot of girls opt to... Um, have just a phone call rather than a Zoom. So I've yeah. Zoomed one recruit, but definitely have called others. And I love just talking about the school and soccer. So it's really natural for me. So I think that helps them. 
Um, I was also in their shoes, so I know that it's hard and scary to talk to an upperclassman yeah, or just yeah. like the whole college process is a little bit overwhelming. So I try to like ease that a bit and like say what I wanted to hear and also help them just like learn things about Middlebury and how awesome it is. Yeah. Um, one last question before we kind of start with your upbringing in soccer. Um, and this is kind of jumping ahead, but what is Middlebury Women's Soccer's plan for the fall? Like, what are you guys doing? I know the NESCAC, like, a lot of competitions are being canceled, but are you guys still going to be training amongst yourselves or kind of what's that going to look like? We were having team meetings once a week as once we were getting home, trying to get any information we could. We were having it by position, just like seeing familiar faces. And finally, we get the news that our season's canceled. So we, I kind of saw it coming, but it was just really hard to read it in words. And uh, we hadn't really gotten contact from our coach for a while, mainly because he didn't know anything. And it's like, there's not a lot to tell us. So we finally had a team meeting a couple of days ago. And we also had a, a long email sent out to us about what each phase means and what we can do in each phase. So we have no preseason. We're allowed to go to mid two days earlier than most students like we're going the 26 i think you're going the 28 yeah yeah all um, the narves are going on the 28th <laughs> early and my question yeah. is like another question in a similar vein is why do you even why are you even going to school two days early i really think it's just an easy way to help um divide the student body into yeah. thirds <laughs> because i'm doing nothing sports related that i couldn't do on the 28th yeah. in those two days but we're having a lot of initial zoom meetings and then i think we're allowed um to practice whether it's um, in groups less than 10 or groups less than 25, social distance in 10 by 10 grids, not sharing balls with masks on. It's very, um, it's very not soccer like. So it's going <laughs> to, I guess, be a lot of tech. And I had gone to a couple of my club practices here. Um, and it was the same. You get assigned a grid and a ball and you do some technical work. You can do some sprints in there. But it's, it's a little hard. We're, def we're trying to figure out if uh, shared equipment is a ball. So to see if we could do passes or stuff like that. Definitely nothing like picking up cones or touching the ball with your hands. Um, and then hopefully we're working our way to a phase if the student body remains pretty sane and that there's not like crazy outbreaks. We're hoping to scrimmage within our team since we're allowed less than 25. That's enough for um, – and who's coming back? We have about like 23 people, I think, coming back. So we'll be able to scrimmage each other. Um, and then hope maybe, maybe we'll be able to scrimmage another team, whether that means it has to be inside Assen County or it has to be uh, inside Vermont, whatever the rule is. But I'm hoping to get a little competition in because I haven't played a game in no, since November. <laughs> I've been yeah. itching to play. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I haven't actually played a formal game since November too. And I mean, then again, it's club, but like I, I, not with a ref or anything. Um, yeah. It is interesting. So when I'm working at this camp this week, um, all, like in Massachusetts, maybe I'm sure our states differ, but in Massachusetts, when kids are on the sideline, they have to have masks on, but when they're playing, they don't. So we're able to have full on 11, 11 games, like, and they don't have to wear masks. And like, it's kind of interesting. It's definitely different. I feel like Vermont's plan um, is a little more strict because like I said, Massachusetts, like they're able to like play normal games without masks and share balls. And it's just groups of 25. Um, so I like every state differs, I know, and I'm sure it's like better to be conservative. 
Um, anyway, so interesting that I just wanted a little bit of COVID scoop from you. Yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> but let's let's get right into the the heart of the beast. Um, let's talk about like kind of <laughs> to start. Did you play any other sports when you were a kid? Besides, I soccer? did, I did. So I started soccer in kindergarten, kinder kicks, and <laughs> but I was also playing softball. I was playing that did not last long. <laughs> <laughs> I w- and then I played lacrosse and basketball growing up too, and okay. I played lacrosse. I didn't really. I probably played five games in my life. I was just plagued with injuries <laughs> my whole life. So every soccer season I would get hurt and then um, it would run over to lacrosse season and then I would be in a cast and can't hold my stick or had a concussion and <laughs> can't play. But I played basketball until high school when I stopped. Okay, interesting. And why did they fizzle out? Was it just because like your time with soccer was so demanding? Like you, you had all these practices and stuff, you just couldn't fit yeah. it all in? or what? both physically and just time-wise. Like my body was starting to feel it. Even though sticking with different sports is so helpful to your body, like playing basketball and then playing soccer and then playing like, ball, like whatever sport you want, um, it's really good to have your body not in the same patterns all the time. Mm-hmm. And it was just time commitment i was gonna play rec it's really popular for some students to play rec in high school for basketball but with my knee i just never was able to but i was a big supporter cheerleader on the side <laughs> <laughs> love it um okay so i also want to kind of touch on your family so first off did any of your any of your siblings play soccer or were you the only one yeah i have two older sisters and they both played soccer until high school when they both stopped Okay. And then one played volleyball for a couple of years and the other played field hockey. And then that continued into club in college. And so when you were younger than them, did they, did you play with them a lot? Like, did they help train you or was it, or was that dynamic? Like, I mean, we always played like little games. Uh, my oldest sister, she was probably more of a soccer person. She played it when she went abroad and she joined a league in the city when she graduated. So and she was taking like my old shin guards and old turfs <laughs> the same size and everything. She's like, can I borrow it? It's like, sure. <laughs> and so sometimes when we're in the basement, we'll just kick around a little, but nothing um, crazy formal. I had, a, I was more to play with friends than with family. Okay. And what about your parents? Did either of your parents play and are they big soccer fans? Um, neither of my parents played. My dad played football in college and my mom just like played field hockey growing up and but no soccer. Okay. <laughs> so you were kind of the only one I, in your family that was like really committed and, and took her to the yep. city, which is interesting. I've, I've had some people on the podcast in the past, like, like Alex and, and his sister running in college and his dad ran in college and Chris, every single person in his family ran in college. So yeah, that crazy. definitely like helps foster like um, some skill when you have people around you who mm-hmm. have gone through it and are helping you out. And, but I think it's almost like more impressive to have someone like you and you're the only one. So interesting. Just wanted to <laughs> kind of touch on that. Um, when did you like, so you started kinder, what was the name? Kindergarten Kinder kicks. kicks. That's a quirky <laughs> name. I love it. So, <laughs> so what, take me through the progression. Did you just start in town and then did you move to club or, or how did your soccer like career progress up? Like, don't take me into high school yet, but from, from kinder kicks all the way to uh, eighth grade. Yeah. So Kinder Kicks was just kind of a rec team. Uh, 
I think I played for like two years or like two seasons, whatever it was. I was the Red Bulls, I think, one year <laughs> and the Green Lanterns the other. There's such funny pictures. It's like us with co-ed teams, like four people just running around these tiny fields. It's so funny <laughs> to look at now. Um, and from there in first grade, I started my town club, which is called the Americans. Still is, still going today. And I was on that team all the way till eighth grade, which is really cool oh, because- wow we built up from the same little group all the way. And I think I got my coach. I had the same coach, I think for around eight years. Um, really? It's funny. He actually <laughs> just invited me to his kid's first birthday party on zoom. <laughs> it's, and he, the reason we reconnected after all that time is because I ended at a different club and he um, transferred and started coaching there my last year there. So it was so nice to see a face from my childhood. But anyway, I was lucky that we were actually really good. So we were getting to state champions and going to really good tournaments, getting, we were number one in this. I think we were number one in the nation (sighs) and the region and the state for a little bit. And it's like, it's crazy how much you bond with these people. And then I ended up going to high school with a lot of them because my town was regional and that was the, like the club was what went to the high school. And people were coming out of town from New York and joining our team. And then in eighth grade, that was up to eighth grade. If we're talking <laughs> until eighth grade. Yeah, yeah. So we know that you're, you're, I mean, we'll touch on it, but obviously your high school team was really successful. Do you think the fact that you kind of have this program that a lot of like the people from your town play on for like eight years in a row or whatever it is, like I'm sure that helps like kind of generate some, some really good classes, right? Like you think that's kind of what helped your team a lot? Yeah, it was cool from the social aspect and from the soccer aspect, just to go from my grade in Allendale of 115 to my grade at Highlands of like 315 and to know so many people from soccer and then those soccer friends. And it just makes it so much easier to transition socially. And then it's so much easier on the field because preseason is just like the practices you've been going to forever, except Mm -hmm. now you have the older girls ahead of you and some other straight people that were on different club teams, but you kind of knew of just because of the soccer community. Yeah. Um, interesting. Uh, so a weird question is if I were to ask seventh grade peeves, like, <laughs> do you think you'll be playing collegiate soccer or at least you have an aspiration of doing so? What do you think you would have told me? I probably would have said yes. Um, I remember in sixth grade, one of my teachers she played, I forget what college it was. She played soccer in college. I was like, you played soccer in college. That's the coolest thing I've ever heard. And like, you're just a teacher now and you played soccer and like you have a normal life and you played soccer. I don't know. For some reason that just struck me. And I was like, this girl is so cool. And I want to grow up to be like Miss Triplet. Miss <laughs> Triplet. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but it was always kind of like a lot of um, the girls I played with or we looked up to because of the club and we had like older mentors and whatever they were looking at colleges. And so it was kind of like expected, not expected, but like normal for people to go to college for soccer. And I was like, maybe I'll do that too. But I no way thought I could possibly find a school that I wanted to go to and play at. Really? Um, well, you just touched on something that kind of segues nicely into my, my next question. And I was going to kind of ask, like, how good were your teammates, especially like the upperclassmen, like when you were a freshman, did a lot of them play collegiately? Like, is that a tradition that your, your, um, your high school graduates a lot of collegiate soccer players? And if so, like, what sort of colleges are, are these girls playing at? Yeah, so 
it's not even that we're recruiting from other towns or people are coming to our school to play soccer. We just really lucked out with four <laughs> basis towns. And of course, there's like some people coming from a couple towns away too. But we, I don't know why, but there's just been really good soccer players in the past. <laughs> so I made varsity as a freshman with four other freshmen. And there was, I think, 11 seniors that year. So the freshman did barely stepped on the field. So I did have the accolades from that year, but I was that way really <laughs> call myself a key member of that team. But I think out of those 11, probably um, nine of them went to school for soccer. Really? And it ranged somewhere like high D3, like Amherst. And then others were um, Georgetown. Like there was definitely really good soccer schools. Um, and it was it was intimidating to be a part like have to play against Casey Richards who's going to Georgetown for soccer in the center mid. I'm like, how am I supposed to compete with Casey? <laughs> yeah. So I was gonna ask like, who was the best player when you were a freshman or senior year? Was it Casey? It's hard to tell. And there's um, two girls. One went to Amherst and one went to Williams, which are now my two rivals. And yeah. so playing against them this year, it was funny to see them. But it's like so nice that. Uh, I get to see familiar faces on these away games or whether they're coming here. And like, despite whatever score it is, like you hug it out in the end. It's like, nice to see you hometown represent. And then it's funny. Cause my teammates are like, you know her. The enemy. <laughs> I'm like, the yeah, enemy. I do. She used to be my teammate and now she's the enemy. That's so funny. Um, how, how good were the coaches on your, on your high school varsity team? Like, are they, is it mostly like, do you credit mostly just the players for all these like incredible accomplishments or do you think the coaches like play? A big um, role? so there's this head coach. I forget how long she was there, probably close to, um, 20 years. Uh, she retired from coaching when we were seniors. So it's like, we were her final class. Okay. And, her wife is the assistant coach and the head coach record at Highlands. I just, I looked it up right before this podcast because I, I thought it might come up was 324, 30 and 12. Oh my God. That's gotta <laughs> so, be up there on like in the record books for like, yeah. best, like high school coaching record. So Wait, say, that again. say that again for all the fans out there. <laughs> 300 wins. Yeah. And then 30 losses, and I should really look up how long she was there, and 12 ties. That's next um, level. So obviously she has a lot to be credited for, and she is a really good coach, and she works as hard with drills, and she knows um, how to touch. Like Sometimes like we would just sit down and watch an inspirational movie, or like they would send <laughs> out cool movies that they make. And like it was so much more than just like, oh, school bell rings you put your practice clothes on you practice for an hour and a half and you leave like it, there was such a dedication to this high school team and she had a lot to do with it but she was also blessed with some really good players that came through um yeah. interesting but, okay yeah. uh, my last question just kind of about coaches teammates culture is what sort of vibe did the team have were you guys like were you very very like hard working like head down just like get through a season sort of team or did you guys have a lot of fun? And I don't necessarily mean like partying, but just were you guys like a fun group of, of people who like like to hang out outside of the outside of practice and stuff like that? Like what sort of vibe um, was the team? Yeah, I would say we were definitely very hardworking and very intense. Like I went to college. And I was like, this is so much less intense than my high school really? team. 
Yeah. It was crazy hard. And if you were out of your line on your two lines on your walk, you ran. If you forgot equipment that you were assigned to, you ran and you had to carry water for the next week. And if you were a minute late, you were on water duty for a week. Like it was really intense. Um, but we also had so much fun uh, with doing like little crafts. Like we would have a Halloween contest. We would have pasta parties <laughs> all the time. We would go out on the weekends together. It was, it was a very tight knit group. Interesting. I feel like most people wouldn't say that. I feel like most people would say that collegiate athletics is more intense than high school. So that's a really interesting nugget mm-hmm. there. Um, okay. So when, so freshman year, how did you, how did you, <laughs> so you had told me before the pod that you guys were ranked number one nationally that year. So, yeah. so and you, you already touched on this briefly, but that team was incredibly good. Right. And how was it to, to be able to watch all these girls play and, and talk to me, like, did you get any time off the bench or was it just a season of learning? Um, so the reason we were number one is because there was a team in California um, called Maria Carrillo and they flew to Allendale and we played them and we actually won. Wait, did they fly just to play you guys? Yeah. Well, there's another private school near us that has been a rival for us, like, on and off. We have, like, one main rival, and they're, like, close to them. And so they played – it was, like, a tournament of three teams. And so we played them and won. And so we were technically ranked number one until we lost later on in the state finals that year. So we were on a very long winning streak. And I think that coach actually holds the longest winning streak in, I don't know if it's in New Jersey or whatever. I forget um, how long it is, but it, so that season they were like, oh, are they going to build that streak back again? (laughs) (laughs) I know. So I said that they were ranked number one nationally. And and for those out there who are doubting that, I literally have told Peeves this. I actually have a cutout (laughs) from the USA Today that says Peeves High School number one in the country because that year Conquer Carla was ranked like six for guys. But like she is not lying. That's crazy. (laughs) Um, So freshman year though, like did you get any time or were you on the bench the whole year? I got some time, but definitely on the hard games, I was not seeing the field. But the bench was pretty fun. So like despite like – I think after the first game when I didn't play, I went home. I was so mad. I put on my sneakers and I just ran around my (laughs) block. I was like, I got so fit for this season and now I'm not playing. But then you also realize like you're helping the team in practices and you're also a freshman when there's 11 seniors on the team. And I think all of like out of the starting lineup in like eight were I don't know it was like 10 were seniors and one underclassmen and it was just like um, I expected this going into this and I'm just happy to be a part of the experience and the team yeah so what what ended up happening with you guys didn't what did you maybe you already touched on this but what happened with you guys in playoffs your your freshman year yeah we won all our games and then in the um semifinals of the states I think we one on PKs, which was really intense, on overtime PKs. And there was a really good junior that was committed to Notre Dame. She was so good at PKs. And another Fordham senior. And they just had three great shots. The Notre Dame junior took two. And it was so fun. We were celebrating. And then it was actually a little bit hard because uh, our the five freshmen um, on the team were all on the same club. 
and our club coach was really intense and hated high school soccer. So <laughs> we had a game the day of our state finals and we knew we weren't getting into the state final game, but our high school coach was like, well, you're not committed to this team. Like you're going to go play a game. And so we, and our, our club coach was like, you, you're kidding me. You think you're missing my game for a high school game when you're five of my players. And so we had to go, we woke up really early. We went and played the first half. It was like next to a prison too. It was so weird. <laughs> and then we drove back, went to our breakfast and then went to the game That's and then lost. Story. So <laughs> How, was it, a, was it a tight game? Um, I think it was one zero. Okay. And I'm sure it was tough seeing all those seniors. Like, oh, it was so sad. Was so they good, were so like, sad. Devastated, right? And did that yeah. give you feel, fueled for a year two to like, get some redemption? A bit. It was, um, it was just cool to see how committed they were and how it's like, wow, I was, even though I wasn't on the field, I was sitting on the team at the state finals as a 14, 15 year old. Yeah. Like, this is crazy. And the bus ride back was sad and like people were trying to lift their spirits and uh, just afterwards, I think we went out and it was just sad. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Let's talk about sophomore year. Um, I know that you actually finally start to like you, you saw some time this year and, and you told me you're a second team all league, which is not too mm -hmm. shabby as a sophomore. So was that nice to finally begin to see field? What sort of role did you play on the team? What was yeah. that? Your well, after graduating, 11 seniors it might have been nine I don't really remember <laughs> but there was definitely some holes to be filled and I started um all of sophomore year and it was just fun to be playing a lot and that that's when I really felt although you should still feel a commitment to your team that you're part like I felt like I was still doing something now this time around mm -hmm. yeah and uh then we did pretty well we lost one game in season I believe and then we came back strong and then made it all the way to the state finals again and this time this is before the rule that was enacted last year I believe or maybe two years ago we tied and we played double overtime and a certain replay shows um my friend's shot crossing the line although they didn't call it <laughs> not still holding a grudge but we were co-state champions and it felt like really? the biggest loss ever we were so sad and our assistant coach who was such an awesome person and was always like able to find the positives knew like was a psych teacher at the school and always like was introducing psych into the game and how we're playing it was she's awesome one of my favorite coaches i've had and we had made a bet with her that if we won that year, um, she would get a tattoo. And so at the end, we're all like really sad and down. And she's like, come on guys, we didn't lose. Like we have to be happy. We're, we're co-champions. We did not lose. And we were made it a running joke. We we're like, we didn't lose. <laughs> and she still got the tattoo. Actually, what was um, yeah. the tattoo of? We go um, camping in the summer at this random place in New York. And we on the camping trip we go whitewater rafting and she got two oars crossing for symbolism or something i Love don't it. really know that's so yeah. weird like it's co-state champions why wouldn't you guys just go into a pk shootout or something there was an incident in the past with someone losing and it just uh, ended okay. poorly so but i think the rule's back in place that you're allowed to do pks again okay 
uh, very weird. Anyway, so sophomore year, you got second team all league, and mm-hmm. and so what position did you play? Were you playing center mid that year? I was or playing you- the six. I was playing Holding a six mid. eight hybrid, I think, with um, one of my best friends on the team, and we were just back and forth. But I was mainly a six. Okay. So holding mid. Yes. Sorry. I should have said that. No, no, I, I know exactly what six means. And I'm sure a lot of people out, out there know what that means as well. Um, okay. So sophomore year. And, and by the way, we're going to, I'd love to talk about club too, but just focusing on high school, just yeah. kind of going through chronologically um, junior year. Now you are a captain. Is that rare that they name a junior captain? Um, not crazy rare. It's happened, I believe in the past, but I was um, a captain with, two other juniors and one senior so it was four captains it was a lot was it a small senior class or was there only one that like they i think it was five seniors okay so smaller smaller maybe four four okay it was definitely smaller as a junior captain were you excited for that challenge were you nervous like what was that like um i think just like my class was really strong and we were big leaders and the class above us wasn't as big it was four people i think one girl was aiming to play soccer in college and it was just we had a big play um we had a big role so it was kind of expected that may there would be junior captains and we had to go through this crazy application process of really writing essays and filling out forms and talking ranking things it was it was definitely a lot of work to get there (laughs) wait that's so interesting for us literally like coach just names three captains at the end of your banquet you do absolutely no campaigning or anything um is that is that typical of most teams at your high school that no And it so, wasn't even typical of the past. Normally, a you testament just, to the intensity of your team. Yeah, that, that doesn't show it. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. Well, you're a captain your junior year, um, stepping into that leadership position, and you you absolutely kill it. I, I wish I like actually were able to see you play in high school. Like I know what we only met last year, but like looking at like your accolades, it's pretty impressive stuff. <laughs> so first team all league, second team all county as a junior captain um were you playing the six again or what position were you playing yep six eight hybrid because the girl i was playing it was now a senior so for two years in a row we played it together and as a six eight hybrid um player were you were you getting up while were you scoring goals or like what was your biggest contribution to the team was it goals tackles passing i would say it was probably just distribution i definitely had a couple goals um assists too i i would give myself the most biggest role of a hockey assist I feel like I got the play going right until the two important parts. (laughs) Love it. Love it. Um, And then in junior year, how did you do in in the state um, playoffs? This was um, a heartbreaker. We lost in the semifinals. Okay. And just things weren't going our way. They scored a goal that was very clearly offsides. And we had uh, 70 minutes to fix it, and we didn't do anything. So, yeah, I was mad it was offside. But it was that we should have done. I feel something. like you guys kind of got screwed then, because junior year, obviously, what you just said, and then sophomore year, you sent the the ball across the we line. And it didn't count. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but that one was less obvious. That was after replays of like special video footage. Yeah, but, yeah. And in the moment, we were just like, "Oh, close shot." But junior year, I was like, "I'm pissed." <laughs> yeah, but still, like, I know state semis, like that sucks. But to put it in perspective, like your freshman year you lost in the state final your sophomore year you were co-champions your junior year like you were state semifinalists like you guys have got it down and you yeah. make it far every year um which is which is and that cool. year we really we lost another really good class of 
Boston College, of Notre Dame, really good players. So our junior year, we were expected to be not good. We were like, okay, finally the Highlands legacy isn't going to be what it is. And we proved them wrong. That was our first (laughs) loss all season. And we were just kept on banking them out. And we were like, let's go. Like we proved that this team works hard and can actually earn things. Yeah. Awesome. Um, Okay. So (laughs) senior year, final year of high school, again, you were turning captain, which must be pretty cool to be a captain for two years. Um, So you also, again, um, if you're not noticing the trend, killed it that year. First team, (laughs) all league county, first team, all league, first team, all county and first team all, uh, is it New Jersey? North Um, Jersey. North Jersey. Okay. Mm -hmm. So they, that's awesome. They split so, it up between North and South Jersey. Okay. So you've definitely got your fair share of accolades there. Um, still 6'8 hybrid or do they move you up a little bit? Um, we, I had lost my hybrid partner. So I gained a girl that was a year younger than me who's really good. She's going to Fairfield. Okay. Um, and she was more of an eight. So I guess I played more of a six role. But definitely um, one of my senior – friends would step in as a six and I would push up as an eight if we needed our eight as a 10 like it morphed more but it wasn't as much of a hybrid duo okay interesting um Mm -hmm. and did you score more goals your senior year than any other year um maybe yeah or junior year was close I don't really remember yeah obviously that's a specific question yeah um all right uh, a little bit of a question to break the trend here but what was your favorite memory from your senior year soccer oh senior? i have it <laughs> really okay. so this is a, this is kind of a longer story but i think oh, you need I got to hear time. i think I you would time. appreciate it <laughs> so our biggest rivals they're called ramapo high school and <laughs> it's such a bloody rivalry and we just hate them so much every sport <laughs> and so in the past they beat us um I guess it was my uh, sophomore year and because I lucked out and only had one loss all year. Um, and that was one of them. And really? I was so mad. And there's <laughs> this, and I grew up playing with a couple of them. And <laughs> so we played them and it was under the lights, night game, home game, our only night home game like ever. Cause we just got lights put in that year. Okay. So I was like, Ramapo tonight. This is going to be awesome. <laughs> so it was tied, I want to say 2-2. Two, two, and we went into overtime and then double overtime. And it started to rain. I think I pulled my quad that game. I was in pain. It was like push through. And, of course, I'm dealing with a knee injury this whole time. Yeah. So <laughs> I was like, this is – I just have to give it all. And, it like, people were leaving because it was, like, starting to get really bad out. And there was – lightning and our lightning detectors did not work so the sidelines ref called the game and was waving his flag and the center ref did not and uh, a player or two of ours stopped playing and didn't chase their player into the run and you there's this crazy video and it's like facing our net and there's a ginormous lightning bolt strike and then you see the ball go in and they called a game and they won and we were devastated I was so sad and I had to go to the training room after and I was putting on compression pants to like recover because it was, we had like another game a couple of days later and it was just me and Holman and the trainer and um, the 
like the room and we were just like this stinks and I drove home and it's like torrential downpour it was just so suiting to the mood and then we came to school the next day everyone's like oh <laughs> <laughs> and then we were able to match up with them later in the state sectional finals and it was I don't know how far into the game and my left wing sent a crossover and I finished it on the keeper I knew against the defender I knew <laughs> and it was the best moment of my senior year not because well it's a help that I scored the goal but it was also because we were finally up against Rampo and then we won two we got two more goals after that and we beat them 3-0 to win the state sectionals and that was my favorite moment of senior year. That's awesome. <laughs> Did you pull out a celebration for that goal? No. There's a picture of me like, <laughs> You just sort of girl like runs back and like high fives all your teammates. Like, <laughs> yeah, big group goal. hug. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. That's a pretty cool memory. So, you, I mean, we just kind of touch on uh, the uh, state playoffs your senior year, but how did, how did those playoffs finish out? Um, so after the state sectionals, we went and the state semis – was a tough game that was a really we might have had a quarterfinal before that I don't really remember and we pulled out the win and then it was the state finals and our a junior center mid that I had been playing with finished the ball and we had like 25 minutes left and we just hung on to that one zero lead and we won and it was so fun it was a great senior way to end my senior champion. year yeah oh, that's and an so awesome. I had experienced it all I experienced a loss in the state finals, I experienced a tie. I experienced not even getting there. And to top it all off, senior Seriously. year, we won. Well, um, I feel like that kind of worked out nicely. At least you won your senior year. Yeah. Um, who did you play in the final that year? Was it a really good team? No. I mean, like, they were okay. But it was definitely, like, less competition than the semifinals. I honestly forget. It gets a little confusing because there was Middletown North and South. And that was one we lost to my junior year. Mm -hmm. And then the other one, whichever, whatever it was, we beat my senior year. Okay. Um, so when you win a state championship, what, what do you like? <laughs> I mean, when I won, we got like a, the, a police escort back to the school and, oh. and, 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 and like, we got a ceremony, like we got like called out in the announce, like the morning announcements. And we like had a little ceremony that the school attended and like a lot of cool things like that. Like what, did you get any cool, um, like have any cool celebrations after you'd it, won? Like, was yeah. there anything fun that night or take, like what, what, what happened after that? State it was a bit unusual because we had the last game of the day okay. and it was a Sunday so we had school the next day and it was an hour away and the game finished at like eight or something bizarre like that <laughs> and so uh in the past there was one game that our principal's like okay guys you did really well and it's super super late we got back so late I don't know why and it went into double overtime and we had won it was awesome and he gave us a <laughs> um What's it called when you can go in late, but an excused absence, absence but yeah. not, we had to still go in. We just got like a delayed and it was like, wow, I can't believe we got this treatment. And so we were, <laughs> we were like, let's get it again. Like we just won the state championship, but nope. And, but it was so late. We got back and we all went to a teammate's house with the parents and the coaches and we were just eating dinner. And then we had made a bet that if we won, everyone would dye their hair blue. <laughs> we really like these bets. <laughs> yeah, you do. I'm and, sensing that trend. Um, and our other coach, we get a tattoo. So she got the tattoo because she refuses to dye her hair and everyone else <laughs> dyed their hair blue, including the assistant coach. And I dyed, we went to, um, a couple seniors went out that night and I dyed it 
out that night <laughs> and the next morning I'm just an early riser so I woke up anyway but most of the team slept in and just accepted the late <laughs> yeah, yeah. but I was in school with my partially dyed hair <laughs> um, and it wasn't really anything formal like your police escort but we just like yeah. celebrated the win in the end of our season which was super sad because I've been playing with these girls for a really long time yeah, that's awesome. Um, so your your senior graduating class, like I'm sure you guys were really tight, right? Talk yep. to me about what girls from that class besides you played collegiately. Cause I know you taught, I know you've alluded to like Homan, Olivia Homan. Yep. Um, plays at Fairfield, but besides her, what what other girls played collegiately? So there was, I want to say eight of us graduating, and out of that eight, five of us, the same five that had made it freshman year, all played collegiately. And all so and I don't think I'm missing anyone. So Homan's D one at Fairfield, you're D three at mid, but technically mm. D one. Because mid's <laughs> so good. But what about the other three? Where did they go? Um, one went to Gettysburg. Okay. Another at Franklin and Marshall, and the last at Tennessee. Cool. Oh, at Tennessee. It's a D one team right there, right? Yeah, they just ran their beef test a couple of days ago. She's back and in, in preseason. Really? Full on. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, and and my last question about high school is how like are you guys still i mean like speaking from personal experience like we have a a really tight alumni group and like there's a pickup group chat and like i see all my old teammates all the time i mean now with covid it's been a little weird but like normal summers like we we all the alumni come back and play like do you have that sort of rapport as well do you are you you not gonna see most of these girls anymore do you guys play pickup a lot together um what's that dynamic like well i lucked out and six of the eight or I think it's nine seniors I had in my graduating class six of them are in my extremely tight-knit friend group out of eight so six out of eight played soccer it was very soccer (laughs) I guess we were considered the soccer girls but um so I just remained really close with them and I'll text them like anyone want to play or something but we don't really have a big group chat um and uh, as terms for the rest of the team, our coach left and they got a new coach and that's been a big transition for them, especially when the coach was leaving such a big legacy. Like, I think I looked it up. It was an 88 game winning streak and that's the max she's had. Like she was really something else. Um, and so I don't see them as much. I'll like work a soccer camp every summer and a bunch of them will be there. Or like when I worked out in the summer and it was, easier to work out and get onto the track it overlap with their captain's practices and i would see them but we're not um big on pickup and seeing each other a lot like uh, cc might be yeah interesting <laughs> okay um let's move let's transition into club soccer and i don't want to spend as much time here because i'd love to uh, high school is obviously so detailed and i mm-hmm. want to talk about mid a lot too but briefly to touch on club um who, so i know from what was it first grade to eighth grade you were playing for this in-town team mm-hmm. um that was really tight and then once you got into high school did you transition to another club um and if so who was that yeah so our coach that I said I had for years he was leaving and we were heartbroken we we're like this stinks and we had made it to regionals that year because we won the state championship and uh we almost made it to like nationals from there and we if we had won our last game it was our 299th game our assistant coach was like such a nitpicker on bookkeeping and everything and we're like let's make it to 300 if we win this game and nope we lost it <laughs> and that was my last game playing with them but I think nine of us transferred to the same club team which was the stallions 
and it was definitely further away from the town over for me. So that started my commute to soccer and it was so similar to my previous club team. And then we were introduced to a couple girls that were already at Stallions who, and we all became such a tight knit group and it was so fun mainly because we were traveling so much and together so much, but we had so much soccer together. So I was definitely closest with that team in all of my um, soccer years, besides college when you're kind of living together and it's much easier. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So Stallions, are you, do you, did you compete in the ECNL or what, what league did you It was in? an MPL team. Okay, cool. So not ECNL yet. Um, and you, you had mentioned to me that you were a two-time club state champion. Is that correct? Yeah. So once and, with the Americans and then the year after we went to Stallions and we won that year too. That's pretty epic. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and club, how is it, is it different than high school? I mean, personally, like club soccer is so different than high school, but obviously it varies. So how are they similar? Are they different? Um, how so? Yeah. So my club coach that coach I had was the craziest coach I've ever had in my life. (laughs) And he was so intense. And it was just the idea of practices were a lot different than um, high school, even though both coaches really love soccer. It was totally different vibes. And I enjoyed it for the most part. Uh, It was just really demanding. And uh, often like the fun of soccer got lost, which is very unfortunate. And uh, then the whole division of the age group split to from year to age. I'm not sure if it happened with the yep, guys. Yeah, yep. Yep. Yeah. Exactly that right. ruined that team was doing really well and we were um, getting to a lot of showcases even for MPL. So it was really nice. Mm-hmm. And, but then that age split that took us down. <laughs> um, so from there, I, I'm an one I was born in 2001. So I went to a different club team, just the way the split worked. Okay. Interesting. Um, what, what sort of tournaments were you guys going to? I know ECNL has something out like in, in San Diego, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. Were you going to a lot of cool states for these tournaments? or We were going to obscure places. We were hitting West Virginia really? and random places with the MPL. A lot of North <laughs> Carolina, um, occasional Disney. But it was really the ecnl that's the i joined ecnl uh with my new club and that was where the traveling it was more of like a couple big showcases per year and like a lot of weekend trips to just like two massachusetts teams two pennsylvania teams but then with my new club i was traveling to seattle and chicago and i i went to las vegas with the old team we i would say soccer really um let me travel the states yeah geez <laughs> and when you went on these travel tips did a parent normally come with you or did you guys like kind of have one parent chaperone for a group of girls or what was that like initially with the other team it was expected that a parent usually went with you or if your parent couldn't go then you would tag along with another parent. But yep. once we moved to ECNL, it's much more like scheduled. Like you have to be here a day early, have practice, then you have a game and then you have a team, whatever. So my parents would always, one parent would always come. They liked to see me and be there if I was ever hurt or something. It seemed weird to be so far away from your child when they're playing. And, but I would usually fly out with just the team and they would meet me there once I started playing games and they would fly alone and cause we had team flights. So really? it was much more independent. Um, once I, the couple, last couple of years of high school. 
Very cool. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that. I know ECNL is definitely um, pretty intense as you're, you just touched on with that whole scheduling thing. Um, okay, so club, you, you've played for a few different clubs and it's interesting how it's a little different from high school. Um, before we go into recruiting and then mid, um, I want, if you wouldn't mind, can you briefly touch on, so you went to obviously like all your high school practices, all those games, same with club. But how much were you doing outside of those organized practices? Because I, I get this question a lot, like even just for my little siblings, like how much do you need to play outside of these organized practices to really like stand out? Um, whether that's like you just juggling the ball in the backyard or going for runs or doing lifts, like how big of a role did that outside work play, do you think, in your success? Um, and what sort of work were you doing outside of practice? So – Initially, the first outside thing I did was ODP, Olympic Development Program. And I did that like fifth grade or something. It wasn't really anything intense or that I stuck with. But I actually just finished reading Abby Wambach's um, memoir. It was very interesting. And she was talking about how she was such a big ODP girl and that led her to the national team. That was not the track I was taking. (laughs) I was just trying to get some more soccer and. So I didn't stick with that long. And then I started in, it was mainly just my my coaches that had like summer camps and like two week programs and whatever. So I didn't really have a lot of time outside of my practices anyway, but uh, it was closer towards high school. And when I was training for preseason that I started going to a trainer, I started lifting. Um, I had gone to technical workouts on the side a little bit, but it was all when I got older. And you go there and you see these little kids there and you're like, wow, I probably would have been way better technically because these, these kids are so good. It's crazy. And I guess when you're just growing up with that, it's just hard to make that time commitment, especially when my parent, my mom was driving me everywhere and trying to figure out carpools, but she also had two other daughters to worry about. So it's definitely hard scheduling wise. Um, But Mm. I think playing on your own is really important too, whether that's just kicking against a wall repetitively that helps your touch so much and you don't realize or juggling. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know I have a wall, like just two blocks out from my house at, at the elementary school. And it's just like just a hundred times just hitting it back and back uh-huh. forth. And it does, it does miracles um, <laughs> only for, for me to kind of lose some of it in college when I become a NARP. But so we, uh, it's interesting to hear like kind of your perspective on outside training. Um, did you like in terms of the tactical side of the game and like, did you watch any film? Um, was that something you did? I know that you haven't always been and not that there's anything wrong with this, but I know you haven't always been the basic watching soccer person, mm-hmm. but I know you, I mean, I'm sure you have, especially like with the success that women's national team has, like, I'm sure you've watched some games for sure. Um, but how did you study like the tactical stuff? Like, were you watching film at all? Like, did that play any sort of role? We. I, like you said, you kind of got me onto soccer watching much later into my life. I like having you as my texting watching buddy. (laughs) (laughs) But growing up, I did not watch a lot of soccer. I was really into the World Cup and the Olympics, and that's about it. And then when I joined, like once club guards getting more intense on tournaments, we would watch a little bit of film. But high school, it was crazy the amount of film we watched. We would be assigned a document. We would have to be assigned numbers, their formation. And then you would go in and we would practice around their numbers. You, <laughs> This is kind of funny. We 
I kind of skimmed over this. We flew out to Tennessee my senior year on the first day of school. Yeah, (laughs) I really miss this story. And um, we played the number one team in the nation in Nashville. I think it was named. I actually, I think it was Nashville. Um, And their name was Houston. Kind of confusing because it's in Tennessee, but we had memorized every aspect about that team from every girl's name. And we called it them, called them on the field to intimidate them. We're like, go Mark Maria or Shirley's open on the left. And they were like, what the heck is going on? And we would be on practices or um, day before a game, we'd go into the locker room, have to close our eyes and be quizzed on these things. And like, we really had to know. It was like taking another class at school. That's so crazy. it's definitely really... <laughs> really intense but and sometimes it helped sometimes it didn't um it was really fun to psych some other teams out or it was just good way to like that's important because in college then we have film every week and uh it's important to know what you're about to play against interesting yeah we did definitely did not do (laughs) nearly as much film work as you did and i'm sure you guys are an outlier um in that respect um okay let's talk about recruiting so you start to go through the college process, what, like junior year? Um, or maybe I'm wrong, but most kids start to go through a junior year. Like, did you know that, like, playing collegiate soccer was definitely going to take um, – like, that was going to kind of control your search a bit? Or how big how big did a role did, like, college soccer play in your search? Like, did you need to go to a school where you could play collegially? Yeah, I pretty much thought I'm playing soccer in college. And our first big showcase was freshman year. And that's when you just start sending mass emails. I sent it to every league and like all these schools I've never even heard of because that's (laughs) what our coach told us to do. And it took a lot of time. Like my mom was like, we have to do emails tonight. (laughs) It was like so dreadful. We just recently found in a quarantine cleaning, the giant Excel list that we printed out of the coach's name, assistant name, email, and all these things. And <laughs> my mom wrote it on it, burn this. <laughs> it took so much time. And we're like, we have to get this out of the past. But so freshman and sophomore, you start going to a couple ID camps and it's like so vague. Like, I don't know why, but I was going to all these Ivy league ID camps. I was like, I don't want to go to Harvard. <laughs> why yeah. am I doing this? But, um, uh, it's definitely super stressful. And that's the one part I regret about this whole college search is like how much burden it puts on you. And I think it was just like condensed into your June, like my junior, I was looking at more um, higher academic schools. So you can't really commit to a bunch of these, or you have to just wait till you get the certain scores. And so it was a very long drawn out process. So some of the girls I knew were committed for like a year and a half before I committed. And it, it was just a really tiring process. And that's what I tell all the recruits I'm talking to is like, soccer's for fun. This should not yeah. be as stressful as it is. Um, so that's my advice on the recruiting aspect of the stressfulness. <laughs> yeah, thanks for sharing that. Um, so when did mid kind of come into the scene? Like right away, we're like, ooh, this is a top, uh, a definitely a top choice of mine. Um, yeah, kind of how did it kind of break into your into your mind? Well, I would say I have this tendency that is good and bad in the college search that I like a lot of schools. So I was going there. I was like, I could see myself here, which is great because 
then you have a lot of options, but it's so hard to narrow down or have like one dream school and be like, I'm going to put everything I have to get into this school. So I was going, being dragged left and right on any day that I didn't have a game or a weekend off, or if I could take off a game to go to an ID camp, which our coach did not like us doing. (laughs) But so my parents were like, we should really go to Middlebury. I was like, what the heck is Middlebury? And I'm not going. I'm so, so tired. I don't want to do it. And then I found out my friend was going too. So we flew up to Vermont together. And I was sitting in the AC. I remember the exact room. And uh, Coach is talking. And he was he was saying everything that I want to hear about how he hates the recruiting process. This is so crazy. They should put better rules on it. Soccer is fun and we're just going to have fun and play. And I like, this is awesome. And it's, first of all, it's beautiful. And I landed and it was zero degrees out. And I said, it was beautiful. (laughs) Like that's something else. So I turned to my dad. I was like, this is really nice. And he was like, wow, I can't believe like, this is the first time I've heard you say something so positive about like the school, like you could actually really want to go here. And so it was really cool that I accepted the fate that I have to go there and play a recruiting camp. Yeah, what and it was grade so were you fun. You that trip? Um, I guess I was a junior. It was February of my junior year. Okay. I guess. And so maybe January. A- after that ID camp, when you played, is that kind of when the coach started like emailing you and, and yeah. demonstrating some interest? He emailed me and was like, "You really stood out this weekend, or whatever. It would be great to talk." I was like, yeah, let's talk. <laughs> and I was like, let's I had it. so much fun. It was great. Um, he was like, I would love to see you play. And I was going through a lot of knee things then. So uh, he saw me play once in Arizona or Florida or something. And then I took a really long break off with my knee. He was like, I would like to see you one more time. And that would be great. Like, you're really high on our list. He was like, this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and so I started um working back my way into soccer right around uh memorial day or whatever it was so i could final showcase and he saw me there and he was like yeah here's my offers on the table if you want it take it and i was still talking to a couple other schools and whether it fizzled out or my desire fizzled out um i called him early june my junior year and was like i want to come here I'm going to apply ED. And he's like, this is awesome. I still have to run you through admissions check, which is early July. And so all of June, I couldn't say anything to anyone. <laughs> and Not even like your friends? I told one friend. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the check came back positive with the admissions read. And then I kind of started, I was actually on vacation with my friend. And I was like, uh, I came back onto the porch after the phone call. I, my coach called me and I was at the beach. I left my phone at the house. It's like, oh my God, he called me. He's going to have the admissions feedback. So I went out to the porch and I talked to him and I called my parents. I was like, I just committed. They were like, oh, this is fantastic. Sorry, we're not there. And then I went inside and, and then I went upstairs and I was like, I just committed to college. And she was like, that's great. It was the Tennessee friend. She's like, this is okay. awesome. And then we, <laughs> we popped open the champagne. <laughs> um, Love it. Yeah. Love it. And That's so awesome. I knew going to senior year where I was going, which was really nice. But it was, yeah. it was the stress was still there of all the college search. It was just pushed back and spread out. <laughs> yeah. When, when you knew that he was watching with these showcases and like, cause you like, did you like try to find him in the crowd? Like, were you really nervous to know that he's watching you play? Or are you pretty cool under pressure? There were so many coaches, like 
two moms will like hand out pamphlets of like your face, your GPA, your school and your height and your name or whatever. And every team hands them out. And then they write down every coach and they send it out after every game. So some, there'd be like a hundred coaches at a game on these showcases. And some of the colleges is like, I've never even heard of these things before. So you just really get used to it. At first it's really scary, but I actually had never seen any Middlebury coach at, um, any of the games, it's kind okay. of hard to run into them. And you're not really – I don't know what the rules are with talking and approaching. It's weird. You can't talk so to them. So after a game, like, you can't go up to them and talk to them? I don't know. I, it's okay. not like you're supposed to do that. Yeah. I don't think so. And they can only reply if you reach out first or you call them. They can't – I don't – the rules have been changing. I think a couple of years ago they made it stricter so that the college process has to start later because it's like freshmen committing to Duke all the time. Like, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. You don't even know what college is. <laughs> exactly. Um, last question about recruiting. Did you do like an official visit to mid? Yeah. So I visited my junior year after the camp a couple months later. Mm-hmm. I went with my parents just to talk to the coach and look around, not play soccer at all. I went to a chem class with one of my current teammates. It's funny. I sat at proc with a circle table with all the my teammates now it was so bizarre yeah. to think that's where I was going to go to school because <laughs> yeah, in the yeah. moment I didn't know and then um, my senior year I didn't official but I had a county game the next day so I got there at 8 p.m after my practice on Friday and it was parents weekend so all the kids were with their parents <laughs> there was two girls whose parents hadn't arrived yet I was with them and then I slept over in a room that ended up being down the hall from me where I lived my freshman in year. In Allen, let's go. Yep. It was Did in Kelsey and Eliza's party? room. No, because <laughs> it was the day before the game. Okay. And then I woke up, went to the game, and left from the game. It was like the, the <laughs> shortest official you could possibly make. And I overlapped with one of my um, – a girl that I ended up being in my class for a okay. bit. And then it was Quinn. Oh, cool. Okay. And then I went home. And that was, that was it. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I like that story, especially like when, when he called you and, um, and he popped open the champagne. I'm sure it's just an amazing <laughs> feeling. You um, yeah. Okay. So just, just a little bit of background and maybe you'll, you'll do your own research, but just out of convenience, Middlebury is like an, an incredible division three soccer team, just doing a little bit of uh, pre-episode research. Like, and also <laughs> I kind of knew this stuff, but I mean, mid is always like a contender every year. Um, one of the best teams in the NESCAC. Um, this year, you guys bowed out against Stevens in the NCAA mm. regional final. But I know that like, in 2018, you were NESCAC champions, and then you ended up losing in the national championship to the team you had beat in the NESCAC championship. And that's just a testament to how strong like the NESCAC league is. So Middlebury's in the strongest league and they're one of the strongest teams like you and Williams and Amherst, right? You would say like maybe the yeah. top three. Um, so anyway, Middlebury's incredible soccer team. So definitely a powerhouse and, and really well done to Peds there. Um, <laughs> so this year, talk to me a little bit about your first season. I know like you were injured a little bit and also like you were a first year. Um, you, you appeared in eight games. Uh, talk to me about that season. Yeah, so I came in very nervous, but excited. Um, and I got to know the team, uh, throughout preseason and I love the team so much, every girl, and regardless of the age, I just felt so welcomed. And we joke about like, uh, blurred class lines, but it's true. Like I'll <laughs> go out just to lunch with the junior and it'd be totally normal. Um, so I went in knowing I had a right knee problem that 
I had done PT for over a year and I was getting some shots and whatever. And I knew I was going to be okay for the season. And I had, I'm grown used to the pain. And then the first game of the season, I go in and hurt my other knee. <laughs> it's like, of course this is happening. But, uh, that took me out of a couple games and it definitely set me back because it was just a little hard to like not be working with the team right in the beginning of the season. But I worked my way back. Um, it was definitely, I wasn't a huge role on the team, but I felt really needed in practices. And I think it's the team is a good job of uh, just including everyone. And like you are essential to the team because you're helping the team grow, even if you're not getting in on the game in the weekend. Uh, or even if you are, or if you start the whole time, like your role is the same in the practice, which is really cool. And I, I really had a good time um, this fall. And unfortunately, we did lose to Amherst in the finals. That was a hard blow, especially when I was playing against some high school teammates. Yeah. <laughs> or, and then or definitely wanted to go further in the NCAA tournament, but it was nice to be on our home turf for the first two games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, talk to me a little bit about like the collegiate game versus the high school game. Is it a much quicker pace? Like, is everyone there just kind of like? I mean, I know it's a question. Like, everyone on that collegiate field is was like the stud in their high school. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. was it a big was it a big difference between high? I mean, to be fair, your high school team was ranked like number one in the country. <laughs> you you were sending a lot of kids D one. So maybe your answer is no. It was just kind of a continuation. But just curious to hear your thoughts on the difference between high school and college soccer. It wasn't a crazy difference. I think uh, some girls, like I'm playing with girls that are 21 and 22, which is a little bit crazy because I went in as an 18-year-old. But you could say the same about freshman year of high school and senior year of high school. But I think a big adaptation for me was playing on grass, actually, because I was so used to turf and the way the ball spins and like I practice on turf, I played on turf, and then I get to school. And all summer I was training on turf too. And I get to school and it's a grass practice field, grass um, playing field. And it's beautiful grass, the playing field. But it took me way longer. And I'm still working on adapting on that, um, just like putting more oomph on your pass because you need to. Yeah. Um, but the girls are definitely strong. Um, and the play is fast, but I never felt too out of sorts. And I think I can attest, I'm like, I can thank my club and my high school for challenging me to have an easier transition. Yeah. Um, okay. What's to come for you collegiately? I know <laughs> next year, like, what do you have? I mean, okay, this pandemic is obviously throwing a wrench in everything, but like <laughs> under normal circumstances, if everything's being normal, like where, what do you see your role on the team being like your sophomore year? Yeah, I definitely saw potential to grow a lot this year. And it's really unfortunate that I'm missing sophomore year, which is a really big growth year, especially as it was for me um, in high school. I went from not playing to starting sophomore year. And then this year, I think it's going to be crazy that the next time I play in a um, formal game, I'll be a junior, which seems to hold so much so more weight than a sophomore. Um, but I'm very excited to be more of a leader on the field and just play a bit more. Um, yeah. So fingers crossed <laughs> we get a game in soon. Yeah. Um, do you have any individual or team goals? Like, look, like when you're looking back on your Middlebury career, like are there certain things that you want to have accomplished, whether that's 
like winning something or being a captain or scoring X amount of goals or, you know, that sort of thing. Any, any goals? Yeah. I would say winning NESCAC and NCAA would be the best thing ever, (laughs) especially coming back, coming onto the team where the year before they had just barely lost in the finals and they had won the league. So, and to get so close this year to the league title, it just fueled my, um, hatred towards some rivals <laughs> and I'm so excited to play them again and yeah. uh I don't really have number goal set um whether like goals goals or assist goals mm-hmm. um but I definitely want to be more of a contributor even if it's just uh setting up a play I don't really need the yeah the points on my back but I want to help the team and I want to as a team get to the championship and yeah. win it Awesome. Love it. I would love that. Um, as a, as a fan. Um, <laughs> yeah. So outside of, um, training with your team in the off season, what sort of work were you looking to incorporate into, into your training? I got really into using the pool as workouts and my awesome roommate, Emily Heyer. <laughs> shout out. She, shout out. She would accompany me and we would put on our swim cats caps and our goggles and our one piece and we would jump in the pool. And it is such a different workout, but it's so good for you cardio wise. And my physical therapist there, she's awesome too. And she was telling me all these different ways you can work out different muscles in your body when you're swimming. And I got into the bike and I started doing a lot of leg exercises and nothing like it's crazy how strong you can get without using um, weights and squats, which have caused problems with me in the past. Mm-hmm. So a lot of side work. And I think in the off season is a big time when you really get strong because during the season you're playing so much. It's so only so much time to go for your weekly lift. Yeah. Yeah. Um, last question about Middlebury <laughs> is what was your favorite memory from your first year on the team? Do you have one? I know you were mm, quick to answer. That's definitely hard. High school. Yeah. I know it's tough. And it can be, it doesn't have to be one day, but just like a collection. Of and stuff. you're talking soccer wise? Yeah, just on the team. It can be social, like just pure soccer, anything mm. related to Middlebury women's this soccer. This is hard. Um, I'm not expecting it to be easy. I know. Like I said, I'm, I'm sure there's like a favorite social thing and a favorite game and all this stuff. Yeah. You'd put your finger on just one highlight of the season. I think it's fun when uh, my, I guess it was parents weekend or family weekend or something that the team had. And my two sisters and my dad were able to come out and they got to meet so many of players on the team that I've been talking about so much. And it was the first time that uh, the football game lasted longer than the soccer game. So we walked up and we watched it and it was it was cool to just be around so many mid people and family members. And then we went out to dinner and then I went out with the team and it was just, even though I don't even know if I played that game, but it was like such a good day of just like my family mixing with my friends, mixing with soccer, mixing with fun. And it was like such a fun weekend. And I was just happy to like share my sister's like, I'm so glad you're here. And I was like, I am too. Look how beautiful Vermont is. We're sitting on this hill looking at a football game where my friends are playing and it just connected. I was like, I love this school so much. (laughs) Let's go. Panther pride. I love it. Roll pants. I love it. Roll panther. (laughs) Um, <laughs> okay. Now I know you maybe don't love talking about this and I'm sorry, but I, I did want to incorporate it, but talk to me a little bit about the surgery you had to go through and your rehab and your rehab. Yeah. 
So I was having lingering. I started going into my junior year of high school um, in like a little summer preseason scrimmage we had. I was jogging back from a punt or a goal kick and I felt something in my knee. I was like, oh, that didn't feel good. And it got better. Uh, I started doing PT and it was like a lot of quad tightness, whatever. It's definitely an overuse injury. And then um, I was playing in April at a showcase for my club team and I stepped really weirdly on my knee. And I was like, okay, now it's really not good. Now I have to go to the doctor with this lingering problem. And I had gone what that first doctor visit there was like eight more to go <laughs> of eight different doctors not on repeats and i was getting cortisone shots i was getting um x-rays mris all these things and they were like i don't really know what it is try to take time off rest do pt and then um my senior season was coming up i was like this is so important like i have to play it for my senior season so i just worked through that with pt and uh Finally, I went to enough doctors and one was like, I think we really have to go in and clean it up. And he was the only one willing to um, cut me open. And it was, it was really simple. And it happened early February. And he removed my plica, which is something that everyone's born with and it develops only a certain amount. And it was causing me some problems. But the main problem that no one could see in the MRI was this cartilage flap that was folded under my kneecap and they shaved it off. And, uh, I woke up and I was in crazy pain, obviously. <laughs> but then, um, a couple of days later, once I was starting to regain like walking and I finally had no pain in my knee for the first time in about three years, I could like bend my knee. I could walk upstairs and I've grown so used to like that lingering deep pain that I kept trying to describe to so many people. It was like, this is awesome. Like, and I was just so much happier. I was like, I can do whatever I want. I could go bend down and pet my cat or whatever it was. <laughs> and, um, so I'm, I was so excited to get back to playing soccer and then the pandemic struck us and, Obviously, there's way worse things happening in the world, but this only makes my junior year season when it's so formal or even these like weird practices that will occur. It'll mean a lot more to me. And I've had a new relationship with soccer with all my injuries and like sitting out and watching people run. They're like, you're so lucky you get to miss preseason in high school because I've had injuries then. Like, no, I wish I was running that two mile, one mile right next to you. So I definitely have an appreciation for the sport. Love it. Love Mm -hmm. it. Um, okay. Kind of a wrap up question. And this, I mean, you, you, I know you're not like a, you don't love to brag or anything, but you got to just talk to me about what do you think did it? Like, what do you think, um, were some of your keys to success to making it to the collegiate ranks? Like, what was it you're doing that you think really set you, set yourself apart from the competition? Um, I guess it was just really hard to, because a big thing with recruiting is having really good grades to send to the coaches. And it's really hard to, when you know you have a game Saturday, Sunday in Pennsylvania and you're not sleeping over or you are sleeping over and you have a test Monday in a push or AP chem <laughs> and you have to stay in on your Friday night and see all your friends go out and have fun. And you're literally studying at home. That's really hard. But once you work through all that, like, it was really worth it in the end because then it was like a pretty easier process for me to get into mid. And it's like, then I have to appreciate the time I'm actually playing on the field. And 
I don't know. It's just like the whole balance and like the hard work to get recruited. It really pays off. And so I guess I was just really diligent on all of the hard work and like accepting the fact that I can't slack off because it will affect me. Um, and I'm glad that I worked hard because I'm so glad that I'm at mid with you and all of our friends and my team that I love so much. Yeah, it seems like it worked out. Um, I loved again um, just hearing about that that one of your favorite memories with your sister and she, her saying that she was glad you were here. Like those sort of things yeah. just make you feel so like complete. Um, <laughs> anyway, so I, I've been ending podcasts with this one question, um, and I was hoping you oh, could boy. take a stab at it. <laughs> what would you tell your younger self? Let's pretend sixth grade, eighth grade peeps like. What are you gonna? What do you want to tell yourself? Soccer related, like what soccer means to you? Like what? What do you want your younger self to know? Like how much you have to put into the game? Just what's a message that you would tell your younger self? And and I guess that also kind of carries over to what you would tell like younger aspiring collegiate soccer players and and youth soccer girls and just young girls in general. Yeah, I guess I would say I was just surrounded by my all my friends wanted to play soccer in college and all my friends played soccer with me and even when I wasn't on the field I was around soccer players. So it's like soccer is a choice and that's really important, even though at times it seems like you have to do it. And in the end, I really wanted to do it and I'm so happy on the field. And, but it's also like, you don't like, you don't have to push yourself so hard, like have fun and it's only fun and you don't have to do it if you don't want to. So I am glad that I have stuck with it, but there's definitely times where it's so much more stress and the politics of the game and coaching yeah. and fighting for a roster spot that like you shouldn't have to worry about that because in the end it's just 90 minutes and you throw some cleats on and kick a ball <laughs> around it's you're kicking it's balls game. into little nets yeah. it's um it's funny how crazy sports get worked up but it's worth it because it's fun to watch it's fun to play yeah well that's been a pattern people have said like I, most people have had on just like it's all about having fun like sometimes like you said politics of the game and, and this whole recruiting pro like re recruitment process all this stuff just kind of takes away from just the pure joy and, and kind of what sparks like this initial passion for so many people and it mm -hmm. can kind of get lost and all that like extra stuff that's really not that important um but anyway ladies and gentlemen you've heard the scoop from <laughs> Um, Peeves, also formerly known as Elizabeth Peebles of Middlebury Women's Soccer. Peeves, thanks so much for coming on. Please, thanks for having me. Glad we could do this. Yeah, my pleasure. Um, this was a great episode. Really, really enjoyed it. Uh, but yeah, thanks so much for listening, guys. Really hope you, guys and girls, I hope you you learned something today. Um, and yeah, we're praying, uh, we're praying that we can get back to, to sports soon enough, safely. And we can't wait to see you tear it up on the field, peeps. But anyway, it's been Blaze Steve, your host, and Elizabeth Peel is your guest. Thanks so much for tuning in.